Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Irish Illustrated Insider, brought to you by irishillustrated.com. I'm Pete Sampson with Tim Priester and Tim O'Malley. We thank you for listening, taking a break from your trip to the Home Depot to buy pitchforks and torches to storm the College Football Playoff Committee. So we're going to spend the entire first segment on the playoff rankings. Segment two, we'll preview Stanford. We'll skip recruiting for Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, So let's just jump into the rankings. Notre Dame down to six. We talked a little bit about it on our Monday podcast. We all thought Notre Dame had at least opened the door to fall after their BC performance, but I don't think any of us thought they would fall all the way down to six. No. First of all, I'd like to point out it's not a laughing matter. Uh, number two, I thought that uh, I, I thought that before I would have rated them five. I'm surprised they're six. Yeah. I, I think that's the way of saying it. I think five seems pretty fair, and you can if it's fair to a lot of those teams to be in that three, four, five. I, I, I found it odd that Notre Dame fell to six in. The way the weekend broke down. Mm-hmm. Well, you had an opportunity. I mean, uh, you, we knew going into Wake Forest and Boston College, I think we talked about it, that there was a good chance that after those two games, Notre Dame would fall out of the number four spot. Uh, the reason they fell to fifth is because Oklahoma has been on a tear here and in beating teams, and I know they only beat TCU by opponent by one point, but TCU is a good opponent yeah. with or without their quarterback. It's still... A good win, and then Michigan State beat you know Ohio State that never ever loses during the regular season under Urban Meyer. So I mean, Notre Dame opened the door. You 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 had the chance to at least hold serve by playing sixty minutes against Boston College. Notre Dame chose to play fifty and gave up an eighty yard run and an eighty six yard drive. And we'll talk about the long drives at some point here. Which as we started, to, as I sat down, and started looking at numbers, it was shocking how many seventy and 75-yard drives Notre Dame has given up in the last two years. But, hey, look, you, you had an opportunity. You knew it was a bad break that you were playing two poor teams. Mm-hmm. You made it worse by playing poor against the second one. I didn't – Notre Dame was not hurt by the Wake Forest game because they didn't drop, right? They stayed in the number four yeah. spot. They were hurt by the way they played last week against a truly – I mean, that's a division – yeah. Three offense that they played against. <laughs> wow. I, wow. I feel like they were unnaturally. I think they're getting penalized for all of a sudden for letting Pittsburgh get close now. I mean, people seem to think they haven't I think played they got well. D- I think they kind of got dinged for Virginia. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's. I think the BC performance brought into play all some of the other parts of Notre Dame's season where you're like, oh, well, they just beat Virginia. And like, well, Georgia Tech scored those two touchdowns late. And, you know, they weren't very sharp at the end well, of Pittsburgh. Well, there's a pattern. There, yeah, because it's a pattern that has continued. Look, you're trying to make a, a the playoffs, and you're not playing like a playoff team for two straight weeks. My point is more like if they had hammered BC, the facts about Virginia, Georgia Tech, and sure. Pittsburgh would still hold true, but nobody would be no, discussing it. No, it, it, yes, it, exactly. history is repeating itself. No, I agree with you. So, yeah, it's, you know, I thought Michigan State deserved to move ahead of Notre Dame based on the fact that they have three really good wins, even if they were leading for a 0.0 clock in two of them, um, at Ohio State, at Michigan, and, and the good Oregon, t- 
to me, that's better than what Notre Dame's resume is, body of work. I know that they played a Mac school, as Notre Dame did as well, but like, and they barely beat Purdue, and they barely beat Rutgers. But I think overall, what the committee showed on Tuesday night was they're going to value your wins, and the whole like quality loss concept is a little bit, it's a little bit, well, it's a loss at this point. Right. That They don't care how you lost. They don't care about the meteorological conditions of the loss. They just care that you lost, and... Notre Dame, at this point, if you say, what's Notre Dame's best win, and your only response is Navy, that's just not going to cut it. Um, and so I, I think in a lot of ways, Notre Dame, if they're, if they're looking for somebody to blame, you can blame Texas, and you can blame Georgia Tech, and you can blame USC, because Notre Dame needed those three teams to be good, and they've all been ranges of disappointment, with Georgia Tech being the biggest disappointment in college football. So those wins don't mean nearly as much as they do when we thought they occurred. And I think Notre Dame's sort of getting hammered by that right now. You know, I think that I would have Michigan State 3 as well. I couldn't decide if I wanted Notre Dame or Oklahoma for that other spot. The 4-5, then I didn't. I think that's the one I probably would be okay with. You yeah. know, you say Oklahoma's 4, Notre Dame's 5, that's fine. I, Iowa, if you're looking at body of work, there is no body of work. That's the problem. Their body of work is going to have to begin. I mean... They're two-point favorites over Nebraska. Their, their body work will begin Their in first December. big game will be in December. Yeah, and we were going to talk about that. At least a couple of us here think that Nebraska will win that game. That's you know, irrelevant at this point to the conversation. But 3-4-5-6-7. So that is Oklahoma through Baylor. Baylor right behind Notre mm-hmm. Dame. I think you're more likely to get three losses from those teams than you are to have just one. Now, one is guaranteed because the Big Ten teams are going to have to play. Mm-hmm. You're more likely to get three losses than you are two, and I think you're more likely to get four losses than you are two. There's just going to be, there's so many hard games remaining. That includes Notre Dame, though. Obviously, sure. Notre Dame is, could lose just as easily as can Oklahoma or anybody else at this point. I think, yeah, I think if Notre Dame beats Stanford, then you, you do look at their resume again. Their best win becomes Stanford, which is a very good win. It's going to be the Pac-12, champ, or Pac-12 North champion. It would help Notre Dame a lot if USC beats UCLA, mm-hmm. because then Notre Dame will have won the Pac-12, effectively, by beating the 12, the North and South champion. They also have won the American Athletic Conference if they beat the Navy and Temple. That's both champions from both sides. Yeah, I mean, they need Temple to beat UConn. Yeah, or they need Navy to, to beat Houston. Right, and um, then you can win two champions. You know, who needs the conference? You just go out and yeah. win other conferences. But those are important things. But I, I really think the hardest part of this for Notre Dame is still winning Saturday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I there totally is a agree. there is a matter of that. Yeah. I think we have a tendency to to kind of gloss over that a little bit and play the the, the what if game and and uh, you know it's a great opportunity and a win at Stanford even with Stanford losing you know a couple weeks ago which which I don't you know I mean I think from a motivational standpoint when that loss is fresh in your mind that motivates you a little bit more but I mean even with even with that loss for Stanford you go to Stanford you win that game. You're going to get just as big of a bump up, yeah, as you got bumped down probably from the, your performance against Boston College. I think it would have been nice if Stanford didn't lose because they would probably be three. Well, that's true. That would be yeah, the one no, difference. I mean, that's, yeah, three that's or four. There'd be three right. or four. Yep. I mean, they would have yeah. one loss and it would have been the right. first game of the year. You know, an interesting dynamic. You wonder. Let's say Oklahoma goes to Oklahoma State and just slaughters them. They're not moving out of three. Right. Um, that's their last game. Notre Dame goes to Stanford, plays well, doesn't blow them out, but but wins the game. Mm-hmm. Um, Iowa loses to Nebraska. They go to the 27. Yeah. Do they fall out of the mix? <laughs> and, I mean, if Michigan State labors or, you know, 
I think it, the labor and win. Yeah, that's it a good just, way of is the it. Big Ten. The Big Ten is essentially eliminated at that point if Iowa and Michigan State lose this weekend. Because I don't think Notre Dame's going to get jumped by Ohio State beating Michigan, or or the inverse of that. No, Michigan I, beating Ohio State. I think the only way Notre Dame gets jumped by the Big Ten is if. Ohio State puts one on Michigan. Iowa's undefeated, and Ohio State pulls a Wisconsin like they did, yeah. and they go win by sixty-five well, and stuff like Michigan that. Michigan State's not losing at home to Penn State this weekend. Well, I understand the emotions I mean, of coming off Ohio State. They, Penn State is not good enough to go to East Lansing and win this game. Purdue was not well coached good enough. To I think go, it's and not they, under these circum. D'Antonio's not going to not under these circumstances. Penn State's not well coached enough to go to Michigan State and win this. I don't think Penn State's very good. I could see Michigan State still playing a backup quarterback being quite flat in that scenario. I wrote a playoff, my playoff prediction column, or playoff Mm -hmm. projections coming out. I'd rated the 11. There's 11 games that matter. There might be 10, but whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was only the fourth least likely upset for me. Number one is South Carolina's probably not going to win at home against Clemson. That's not impossible, honestly, but it's not going to happen. It's, it's only a 17-point no. spread, oddly enough. I, I like I like Nebraska. Yeah, it is almost. Uh, that was my number That's one. That's your number um, one, yeah. Not including Ohio State, which is not an upset, obviously. Um, Ohio State's not favored. It's Michigan's favored. But, you know, I, I mean, I think Auburn is less likely to beat Alabama at home than Michigan State is to lose. I'm not sure I'm saying that right. I think Michigan State's got a better chance of losing than Alabama does. Just because I think it's tough to get back up. I don't think they're going to. That would not be a game. I think Ed, nothing would surprise me other than those three. How's that? Yeah. I would be mildly surprised if Penn State won. I will. I'd be, I would be very surprised if Penn State won. I'd be mildly surprised if it's close going the fourth quarter. Why do, I, why do I picture Mark D'Antonio's face and I think there's no way in hell he's going to have going to allow they, them to let they down. They were down four to Michigan. I know. I know. I, mean, I, I understand that. And, it, you know, clearly, I mean, this is not... This is not one of the great Michigan State yeah. defensive teams, although they've gotten better as the season has progressed. I just don't. You're probably right. See them. I would just say how we say Notre Dame's going to play well this week because they played so poorly. I don't think Michigan State's going to play that well like they did against Ohio State. No, I mean they won four. They they won by three points at the buzzer. Like it, that was not a great performance. Um, it's inspired. It was, yeah, it was. It was inspired, I mean, it's a hell of a win. Yeah. but just in terms of like easy on the eye. Not really at all. So, Notre Dame's got a lot of work to do. I, I agree with, and that's coming yeah. out of Fenway Park. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, we, yeah. yeah, we just we. I know what uneasy on the eye looks like. I've seen it. And Michigan State was not easy on the eye. Okay, so that's it for segment one. We'll get into segment two, getting into the meat of Stanford here. What Notre Dame's biggest test of the season, really, uh, and a chance to prove a lot. So, we'll, next on Irish Illustrated Insider. Segment two of Irish Illustrated Insider. We're previewing Notre Dame versus Stanford Saturday afternoon out on the West Coast, 4.30, 7.30 Eastern time. 10-1 Notre Dame against 9-2 Stanford. Notre Dame has lost three straight in Stanford Stadium. Actually, the last time Notre Dame won there was Jim Harbaugh's first year before they really had things rolling. But different program, different circumstances. Uh, we were talking about this before we came back on the air. Not a typically great Stanford team. There are some weaknesses here. It's not a dominant defense. They've been averaging 49 sacks per year over the last three years and come into this game with just 23. So there are some chinks in the armor. And despite the fact that Notre Dame didn't play a complete game against Boston College, this is a game that Notre Dame can come in if they get back to where they were. And Tim and I, you and I have talked about Notre Dame needs the Deshaun Kaiser back, not the one that was at Boston College, and they need the Will Fuller back. 
not the one that has the last two games has been up, unable to get in the end zone. Yeah, I think it's their least impressive defense that we remember, you know, going back to, since they've been good. Um, last year had still had a really good defense, and obviously mm-hmm. the players were all intact back in 2013 and 2012. Their offense, though, is much better than last year's, and, that, and that's the problem because that's where Notre Dame is vulnerable. Um, I do think it helps Notre Dame quite a bit, though, that it is not the butt-kicking monsters that they normally have. Uh because then they'd be in trouble without C.J. Procise. Um, I think they are a little bit anyway, but I don't know how, if you had a great Stanford defense, you could win this game. But I think, I mean, I was doing a quick third down study, just to, uh, kind of on the flip side of what I'm going to write about, Notre Dame is actually better at getting teams off the field on third and short than Stanford is. And you never think of Stanford as having any problem in that regard. Yeah, I mean, it's a, a Stanford team that doesn't win the one-on-one matchups with their defense as much as they used to in the past, where you could just assume that there was going to be one defensive linemen coming free every play and one or two linebackers shooting through a gap every play. That's just not the case. I mean, in 2012, they led the nation with 57 sacks, which is just like, it's like doesn't seem like a true stat. Um, and yeah, now they're down, they're middle of the pack in that. They're at the bottom in turnovers forced. They actually, they forced one less than Notre Dame, 11 versus 10. Uh, so Stanford's ranked 120th nationally in turnovers forced, which doesn't, it, just, it speaks to a defense that is fundamentally sound but not overly talented. I was surprised at w- when I looked to the, the turnover stat and yeah. saw that they, they only had 10, and that, you know, and they, they've only recovered three fumbles, which is really hard to imagine with a Stanford defense. They recovered, didn't they recover three fumbles against Golson in 2012? Seriously. <laughs> yeah. I, think he, I think they did, including one in the end zone. Right. But it's refreshing that they stopped human cloning, yeah. apparently, on the farm, because yeah. where was that assembly line of 6'5", 260-pound dudes that could run all over the place? They're, uh, offensively, though, they are they have improved. Yeah, they're, they're down to Trent Murphy and down to Chase Thomas and, have able, and down to Shane Scobo. Yeah, Henry Blake, Anderson. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, Blake, yeah. Blake Martinez is a sort of the, seems like the one holdover from that previous group, right. but with just one guy... They can't play off each other like they have in the past. Now, offensively, Christian McCaffrey, number two rusher in the country, number one in all-purpose yardage. He he trails Leonard Fournette in rushing yards by, I think, 38 yards, but is ahead of him in all-purpose by more than 1,000. Yeah, well, he's got Um, over 800 yards in kick returns. Yeah, he's outstanding. (laughs) He he can hurt Notre Dame in four phases of the game. So it's like you think about uh, not only defending him as a runner, you think about defending him as a receiver, which Notre Dame hasn't done a great job of this year in terms of defending running backs in the passing game. And then you think of on kicks and punts, and then you sort of get back into more how they dealt with the Dory Jackson against USC. Uh, no punt returns, angle your kickoffs. Uh, he's sort of a uh, on red alert at all times type of player for Notre Dame. And when you factor in their offensive line, which I think is over about 111 career starts combined of their starting five, it's going to be a real challenge, and I think that's kind of goes back to something we talked about Monday, why getting Daniel Cage back is so significant. Absolutely. Because now now you're not relying on a freshman defensive tackle to hold off Josh Garnett, who is essentially the offensive guard equivalent of Ronnie Stanley uh, on, on their offensive line. Well, you probably spoke to the next topic. We're talking about third and short, and Notre Dame has been pretty good at getting teams off the field in that regard. They've stopped 22 of 39 on the year. That's third and three or less. That's you should get it on third and short in theory. So to stop 22 yep. and, and only give up 17. But Stanford's a mutant yeah, when it comes to converting. It's uh, that offensive line, and it becomes their uh, backup running back, Ramon Wright. They are 46 of 57, converting third and short on the year. 
Vermont wait, right. Wait, wait, third and three. Third and three or, or less. less. Yeah. Okay. So that's a lot of third and three. Yes, too. It it's not all yep. third and one. Yep. Uh, Ramon Wright, 24-25. The one time he didn't get it, he got on fourth down. Yeah. So he has not failed yet on third and short. It is going to be a huge task, and uh, it's, that's their backup running back, and they do leave McCaffrey on the field in that situation. I'm sure that's part of their success is you have to account for him in some way while Ramon Wright gets the ball handed. Now, and the numbers that you're throwing out there, explain why Stanford's leading the nation in time of possession. I mean, it's really ridiculous over 35 minutes per game. Now, um, Oregon had the football less than 18 minutes and scored 38 points against them. So that speaks to, to the vulnerability of Stanford's defense. So, you know, they're giving up four yards of carry. They haven't given up four yards of carry in about seven or eight years. So, it, you know, I mean, it, I, th- I think we're throwing all these things out here with the idea that, yes, Notre Dame did not play a very good game last week, but I think all three of us expect them to come out and be very, very competitive, if not win the game, certainly be in the game to the very end. Yeah, I think offensively you're going to get a better Deshaun Kaiser. I think the player who will be the most improved will be Will Fuller. Uh, and I agree. Yeah, I didn't talk to Fuller today, but I talked to Chris Brown about it, and he said that Fuller in practice, not saying anything to anybody and I was like, can you, so can you tell he's like kind of ticked off after last week? And I was like, oh yeah. And he said, his, his ter- he, what he said was, it's going to be a scary sight uh, when he gets out there on Saturday. Cause savage. Could, could be savage. <laughs> um, it's going to be, I think, a real bounce back performance from him. I mean, and that's why I think this game is going to resemble that 2009 game where they played, where it's just up and down the field both ways. Neither defense gets a handle really on anything. Uh, I think it was going to be a high-scoring and wildly entertaining type game. That game had 11 touchdowns, I think. Have there been 11 since in this series? Offensive combined. touchdowns. Combined, combined offensive touchdowns. I, I bet there's been a 10 to 11 since I then. doubt it. I mean, what, the 2012 game had one? Had one, yeah. right. Uh, yeah, that's, I mean, this is, when last year had three total. Yeah. It's, it, it will be. This this 30 points is the minimum to win this game, I would yeah. think, for for either team. I think timely stops can happen because there's playmakers. As much as Notre Dame struggles uh, at times to stop long drives, as we've talked about a lot, Sheldon Day comes up with timely plays. Jalen Smith comes up with timely plays. They need Cole Luke to get back to that. He had two picks against Stanford last year. I think he was playing better at that point. Not having Russell, not having Russell's just more points. I don't know another way of saying that. Yeah, it, yeah, I don't yeah. think there's any doubt about that. Let's talk briefly, if we could, about my. You know, I'm so excited about my stat of the week, but when <laughs> you know, I mean. <laughs> Obviously, because I can't talk about anything else. But I think we're all, like sports writers, you you know, you, you go into a, a, a notion of a stat, and you're not sure how it's going to turn out. And then you start going, it's like you in Stanford on third and short. 17 straight, that kind of struck right, me. Right, right. And you, don't, you don't expect it. And I, kn- I know that Notre Dame has given up some long touchdown drives, but I started going through the season and then started going through last season, and 48... Touchdown drives of seventy yards or more. It's just out, it's just astonishing that that could happen in a twenty-four game span. It doesn't. It doesn't I still don't. That's impossible. Actually, it's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that means you're 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 just and so forty-eight kick off been, and get a touchback. They're going to score. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's like a 50-50 Right, and if they let's put it this way, if the drive started at their own twenty or twenty-five and they get inside the red zone, they are going to score. Not only are they going to score, but they're going to score a touchdown because. 48 of the 49 have been touchdowns. It's it's mind-boggling that a defense cannot come up with more stops than they do. 
Yeah, I mean, they're, they're th- it's a, it's a, it is the boomer bust defense that we all thought Brian McGuire was going to play. It just means something different than what we thought. Well, they, when, they're a force of three and out, or it ends right. up ultimately being a touchdown but drive. The, but the t- touchdown drives negate the three and outs. I mean, sure? they basically, the, like, like Boston College, I mean, everything yeah. that they accomplished in the first three quarters, holding them at 130 yards, they gave up 171 in the fourth quarter. Yeah. I, it's just, they, they don't have a counter within the drive. It's either they're going to get off the field immediately or they're just sort of on skates the rest of the way. And you'd like to think with an aggressive defense, this is why I asked Brian Kelly this, well, when you got a more aggressive coordinator, you must have thought you were going to get more turnovers, and that really hasn't happened Yeah, that's, that's a good point, Pete. The boomer bust is the boom is three and out because they're not creating a ton of turnovers. Yeah. They're, not, they're not stripping the ball. I mean, Boston College... No wonder it was amazing how much they stripped yeah. the ball. Those guys don't get stripped in practice. So yeah, I mean, we yeah. thought we, I think we assumed the boom was going to be sacks or interceptions or, yeah. or turnover type based, and really it's just a three and out, which is which is fine. But the bus can't be consistently touchdowns. I mean, they, yeah, I think it's I, I counted up twenty touchdown drives allowed of seventy five yards or more this year versus twenty twelve when they had zero. That was in the first eleven games. Right. Um, you know, the twenty yard runs I think is. A bit striking too, because it's like in 2010 they allow, and this is all 11 game total, so it's apples. To Kelly's apples. first year, 2010. yeah. Kelly's first year is 2010. First 11 games they gave up 11 20 yard runs. 2011 they gave up seven. 2012 they gave up seven. 2013 they gave up seven. Last year through the first 11 games they only gave up nine, and this year they've given up 23. So it's yeah. I mean, you look at how much time we've spent talking about Notre Dame's explosive run games. They have 24 runs of 20 yards or more. So Notre Dame's defense is almost equally anti-explosive or inversely explosive. I'm not sure how to describe it, but in talking to the players about that today, the consensus is it's not a physical issue at all. They're not getting beat physically. They're beating themselves mentally in those spots. And and when I asked Brian Kelly about that on Tuesday, uh, he showed great eye discipline right back at me in answering the question. Because um, it was basically, what do you want me to say? Our safeties did, are really struggling. That's why I want to know. Did and did you show equal eye discipline? Yeah, you know, I, I, just, okay. I stared right back. Right. Neither um, one of you have ever played free safety, obviously. No, yeah. So it's Notre Dame has a problem at the back end of its defense. I think that only fuels the. This is going to be a high-scoring back-and-forth type game in the same way that Stanford's inability to win maybe one-on-one matchups like they have. They have a banged-up corner. Uh, their secondary hasn't been great. Notre Dame's receiving core is healthy and quite good. Um, I, that's this is going to be a really, really entertaining football game. I don't know how I, they they lost their entire secondary. Hoff Power it was yeah. Jordan Richards is out. Right, Wayne Lyons Hoff Power transferred. Had the injury. Alex Carter went pro. You know, it was not a secondary that they returned a whole lot, and they haven't been able to to bring the next level. All right, up. so when you look at these two teams, can you picture Notre Dame being eleven and one and Stanford nine and three? Yes. Yeah, I, I think that would make sense. I mean, I, I oh yeah, at the end of the game, yeah, 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 and I could easily imagine them both being ten and two. Um, well, that's I guess I'm asking you to choose what's between more likely. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, 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 I think ultimately Notre Dame's injuries uh, are going to cost them here. Uh, I, I'm picking Stanford 34, Notre Dame 27. I think both teams are going to play well. I think whenever Notre Dame loses, we automatically write or discuss how Notre Dame played poorly and the mistakes they made. I think Notre Dame will play well, and Stanford will just play a little bit better. Um, I think Stanford is a healthier team. They are, I don't know if they're necessarily a, a deeper team, 
but they definitely are. They have better guys in the front line just because Notre Dame is going to third, fourth string type players. They're not sure who they have at cornerback. They give up big plays. So, and it, this is this might be a really unpopular opinion, but Notre Dame at ten and two had a really really good season. So I know it's going to be disappointing as it is unfolding for a lot of people, but I think. Once you remove yourself from that moment, you can look back at the season, all the injuries that Notre Dame went through, how close they got to the playoff, even though they don't make it, and say, hey, you know what? Notre Dame had a really good year. And I, if they finish 11-1 and don't make the playoff, also a really good year. I mean, it, the fact that they are being excluded because somebody else had a little bit better year in the eyes of 12 people in a room in Texas, that really should not affect the, the way Notre Dame fans view this season. Yeah, I, it's, a, it's a really good point that if they're ten and two with these injuries, it, they did a great job. Yeah. I mean, I think didn't all of us pick all three of us, all four of us in this room picked yeah. ten and two, didn't we? Yeah. The I picked ten and two with losses yeah. to Clemson and Stanford. Nice. I had Georgia yeah, well, Tech. That was a good call. But unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, I also uh, had yeah. made I also made picks be- immediately before yeah. the game. Yeah, too, so. <laughs> offset those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think at full strength, and I don't mean Jerron Jones and Terry. Those guys are so far removed from Sean Crawford. We can't talk about those guys anymore. But yeah. Kavari. And ProSize healthy. ProSize hasn't been healthy in a long time. Uh, the, the explosive ProSize. Well, he hasn't had a 100-yard game in yeah, it's, four or five weeks. It's been a bit. Um, I think I would really be confident in a Notre Dame pick. As currently constructed, I think Stanford's a better team. And mostly because of Russell, I think you can hide the run. I think Josh Adams can play well. I don't know he will play well. I don't have high confidence. But I have high confidence that Notre Dame is going to be exposed at corner. Fortunately, it's not... USC, throw no. the ball around there. It is Stanford. I think the more you put the ball in Kevin Hogan's hands to win it, as much as he's a solid quarterback, that actually aids Notre Dame's cause. If they're just gonna, if they're going to be disciplined and run 50 times and throw 10 passes to their running backs, I think that's a problem. But I actually think Notre Dame will play their best game in multiple years in this game, and I'm going with 34-31 Notre Dame in a not a major surprise. It's a surprise because Russell and Procise are out, but. I'm honestly going a little bit because I thought the spread was going to be about six when Russell and Procise were out. And when mm-hmm. it was just three, Notre it, Dame has quality play on their lines and they need it in this game. And Notre Dame has played great football against Stanford in 2012, 2013, and 2014. I agree. And totally I think they will again. And I thought the same thing when I saw the line. I expected it to be higher, which I thought yeah. was a really positive sign yeah, for, for, Notre for Notre Dame. Dame. Right. Um, I always have a difficult time picking the team with the worst defense, but this is not a great Stanford defense. I mean, if this was the Stanford defense of last year, I think it's that's the Stanford defense of last year with this year's Stanford offense, then I think it would be a no-brainer. But, I mean, you can mix and match like that This might be all you want. game five straight, the team with the worst defense is Notre Dame, right? I, I'm not sure. <laughs> this might be the fifth straight game where Notre Dame oh, is the worst sure. defense no, on the field. No, I mean, absolutely, yeah, absolutely obviously right. most teams didn't have Stanford's yeah. offense other than USC. But I think the thing that, that gives me the most encouragement that Notre Dame can win this game is that is the Deshaun Kaiser to Will Fuller connection, mm-hmm. which I think is going to be really, really explosive in this game, which leads me to believe, I'm, it leads me to think I'm more confident in the over <laughs> than I that I am in, yeah. in, in picking Notre Dame. I don't know what the over under is, but I'm betting it, the over. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually a fairly modest fifty five. So uh, keep that in mind. It will uh, not be fourteen ten going into no, the quarter it, like it, it has been in these games be. recently. It won't be. No. All right. So. Well, that's it for Irish Illustrated Insider Tim Priester, Tim O'Malley, Pete Sampson. We will talk to you next from Stanford Stadium on Saturday. Until then, have a happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in California. Thank you.